Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chackpot. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Asabo. This is a three-ring circus, apparently. Yes, no, it's the carnival episode, Andrew. We gotta go full carny. On your left, we have Bernard with a bucket on his head. On your right, we have episode 688, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part 10. Which is what we're covering today. Excellent transition. Oh, look at this. Roll credits! Is that is this is this where I play the promo? Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there truly is like I've got no context. Every person who's in this episode was already in this episode. Yeah, even Martin. <laughs> even Martin. So, shall we? On the next adventure in Odyssey, the investigation continues. If the Green Ring had been operating out of Odyssey for a long time, There might be something in the newspaper archives at the library. Matthew and I can do that. But a certain carnival proprietor has other concerns. The two Whitakers and the detective Pullhouse. Yes, get them out of the way. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey. The two Whitakers Whitakers and that detective (laughs) Pullhouse. Oh, yeah, I... I have that written in my notes as P-U-L-L house, because <laughs> that is exactly how he says it. The two Whitakers and that detective pole house. <laughs> and the best part about that is I was like, wait, wait, does he know who Jason is? And then I was like, oh, right, Monty. That's Aha. the other Whitaker. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, the, otherwise he'd say the three Whitakers. Yeah. All right. Um, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. (laughs) So the episode kicks off with great spy music. Yeah, that's what it kicks off with. That it does. The ambiance of this episode. And honestly, this series is really, really good. I'm like watching through Breaking Bad as I'm uh, like as we're recording this. And a big part of that show is, like, aesthetic and scenes and, uh, like, color palettes and things like that. And it creates this really cohesive environment that makes the story so much better and, like, so much more real. Um, And, like, I don't know, it adds points of emphasis that I think are really cool. And Odyssey does that so well here with the music all throughout this episode. And the sound engineering as well. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, that that I mean that that we will. It yeah. So then so then after the after the spy music mm-hmm. ends, we get a uh, scene straight out of Making a Murderer, yep. in which uh, Polehouse is interrogating Buck not at the police station but at Wit's End. A fourteen-year-old child. <laughs> yes, uh, being held there presumably against his will. I mean, yes. Oh, for sure. Like I. I guess, right, the the way Odyssey plays it and the way they mm-hmm. get away with this is that Buck is, like, very precocious. Mm-hmm. And um, Polehouse even says to him, you've got a kid's body, but the grown-up mind of a criminal genius. Yeah, yeah, that is a, a line that does sum up Buck's character pretty well, but, like, also, a kid's body is a pretty big big uh a pretty big clarification there <laughs> yeah yeah it, it he's he's not he's not like fully mature mm-hmm. in any way even though he's had like a hard life yeah and like i think it's yeah there, there's there's kind of this whole you know like the whole thing with katrina like really like 
latching on to him and whatnot mm-hmm. comes comes across a lot in in this episode um and and even Emily brings it up later but there's like there's the this question of like how much is Buck in on this versus how much is he a victim mm-hmm. and the answer which I mean we'll get into as the episodes can continue but we, we already have kind of from the background is that like so he is fully aware of the goings on mm-hmm. and is criminally culpable for a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. but he's also being like emotionally abused and manipulated yeah he's by not fully a, autonomous right by any right means. because he's 14 he's 14 exactly. this is the thing <laughs> and so just all of that really like yeah that really rubbed me the wrong way then with this scene in which like yeah pole house is interrogating him and like oh buck doesn't give up anything but it's like in a slightly different framing or a mm-hmm. slightly different show Pole House is like full out villain in this scene. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he is not uh not a super nice guy with Buck. No, no, and he but Buck is like proving how good he is at just like lying and making mm-hmm. up stories on the fly because like we as the audience know more of the truth than like what Pole House does. Mm-hmm. And then like Pole House goes for like the gut, which like he makes a good move. Trying to As, turn him against skin. Right. However, I'm just like the whole time, I'm just like, this is a child. He is, there is no lawyer. There is no guardian. Why are, what, what yeah. are you doing? But like mm-hmm. putting all that aside, he makes like, yeah, he makes a great play kind of setting him up about like, you know, skin probably betrayed you, right? Yeah. Like if you actually don't know any of this stuff, but your guardian's been perpetrating it, then like, you know. That's, that's a tough. betrayal. Yeah. yeah, that's not good for you. Um, and uh, yeah, so Paul House is uh, like pretty harshly interrogating Buck, um, talking about the partial print on the plastic wrap and everything. Uh, he mentions that he toured the compound, uh, like the old Ross compound as previously mentioned. Oh yeah, found a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, and when then he this brought is- this is when he took the mug in. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dosh gave him a tour, mm-hmm. um, but kind of nothing came of it yeah yeah so this is when katrina kind of pops her head and gets pull house out and kind of dresses him down for being a bad person and yeah, holding a 14 year old child right in an she's interrogation just like what's what's the you know what's the legality of this and he's mm-hmm. like well i'm going to let him go so that i can follow him and hunt don't him get like attached a dog. don't get attached <laughs> yep and katrina's like uh nope i will respectfully decline your input sir yes um, but it, it, again, it's great. Uh, I like the audio engineering here because there's really great door shutting sounds and like the acoustics change when they step out into the hallway. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool. Yeah. And it provides good ambiance for the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next scene is then Wit and Eugene in the workshop. It's yep. like, what, like in the evening, presumably? Yeah, it's kind of a... No, well, no, because this this is... We're... Yeah, hmm, that is interesting. This might be the next morning. No, no I guess no, it is still the evening. Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, even though this is when technically it would be day four, mm-hmm. they still are wrapping stuff up from, from, day, the, from day three. Yeah. 
and then they switch to day four at some point during the episode. So yeah, I guess this is still in the evening, and it's Eugene working on the phone, but mm-hmm. he hasn't figured it, it out. It's kind of a nothing scene, which yeah. just kind of fills in Eugene on the stuff that we all already know. Mm-hmm. Dirk's still in a coma. He's going to visit Monty because Monty's in the hospital. Um, you know, Eugene's obviously distressed about what's going on. Yep. And then foreshadowing wit is foreshadowing. Where he's like, hmm, stuff is still going to happen here, and it's probably going to help us because we're the protagonists. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, <laughs> a direct quote. Yep. <laughs> Look it up. It's in the. I mean, listen to it. You know. It's only like what fifteen dollars a month for the AIO club. It's only ten. It's only ten. Wow, that's still too much money in my opinion. <laughs> we're really only like eight hundred audio dramas. That does seem like a lot of audio dramas, Andrew. But for ten dollars a month, there's so much content though. Like, it's how long is it going to take you to get through all of that? A good while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is the amount. But, like, the albums are, like, $25 an album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. As opposed to, yeah. Right. So, yeah, if you're not listening free on the radio, mm-hmm. then, like, this is the way to do it. Or yeah. just borrowing it from your church library. Mm-hmm. Certainly not stealing it from the internet. I would never do that. Me neither. Never stolen anything from the internet in my life. You wouldn't download a pizza. Would you? Maybe, actually. I don't know. With the way 3D printing's going, I, I, I might be faced with that decision in the near future. Yeah. Hey, I mean... Anywho. Victimless crime. Pizza downloading. Pizza downloading. I guess the victim would be small businesses, which, you know, honestly, that makes me way more sympathetic than, like, big Hollywood studio or focus on the family. Yep. I feel like, you know, destroying a small pizza business would actually hurt me a bit. Mm-hmm. And hurt people that can't afford to be hurt. Anywho, uh, we have been stalling because the next scene is incredible. (laughs) It's Wooten and Connie. No, it's not. Am I lying? What? Did I miss a scene? Sorry, let me just... Yes, it is. I missed a scene, and it was this one. (laughs) Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> I listened to this episode twice. <laughs> nope. For once, Andrew's notes were better, or I yeah. he's just better at reading. Uh, maybe. Um, the jury's still out, folks. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sure. It's, it's pretty well hung. Um, so the next scene is Wooten and Connie. Uh, Connie shows up. Great outside, scene. Outside Wooten's I knew this house. was the next one. Yes, Dylan knew the whole time, and certainly not fixing this in post. Um... <laughs> So Connie goes and she rings the doorbell and it rings on the outside of the oh, house. Oh my word, I love it so, it's so much. Funny. And, she knocks, then uh, rings yeah. the doorbell, mm-hmm. rings on the outside. Wooten comes out mm-hmm. and and is like, is oh, like, Connie's oh, like, don't yeah. you know that your doorbell's on the outside? And Wooten's like, well, yeah, it's a, it's so you know that it's working, and yeah. you know because otherwise it rings somewhere back deep in the house and you don't really know if it works or not, which is very real and very true. Yep, it's and a then, great point. And then Connie asks, well, like, how did you know that I was here then? And he says, I heard you knock. And she goes, like, she, it's a great Katie Lee performance where, like, she starts and then is just like, like never oh, mind. Never mind. Not, not worth my time trying to explain this to Wooten. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. It's super great. Um, and then they sit on the trampoline porch swing. Yeah. Uh, and have a way too real conversation where Wooten is freaked out mm-hmm. about, like, 
the status of his relationship with Petty. Mm-hmm. It's a really good scene. Uh, Wooten and Connie's dynamic, I mean, we've talked about it so many times, mm. but it's so good. It is. And... As good as Wooten and Penny are together, I like Wooten and Connie's friendship dynamic more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like their friendship. I, yeah. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but for a romantic relationship, I'm glad he has Penny. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Wooten thinks that it's over because Penny uh, said that she had plans tomorrow, and then Connie says, well, right, I'm Well, he plans. kept calling. She wasn't picking up, and then yeah. he finally sent a text. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, texting an odyssey. And, uh, and she responded back that she had plans the next day. And then Connie's like, well, Do they were my Appleberry plans. phones have blue bubbles or green bubbles? Purple. I really hope it's purple. I really hope it's like full pair phone situation. Um, what a great bit from that show. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Connie then, like I said, reveals that she's hanging out with Penny tomorrow and that they're going hiking and Wooten gets super excited and invites himself on the trip and is like, yeah. oh, we can have a picnic. Right. And the whole reason that's never stated but is there in all the substats subtext of why connie's here Mm -hmm. is like she had the thing at the college with um penny and trask and is just has been really thrown by it Mm -hmm. and wants to basically yeah let wooten know kind of that she's not sure about where penny is spiritually and Mm -hmm. some other stuff which is a bit of an overstep like i don't Mm -hmm. love that but it does set up like a good scene, and she doesn't end up having that conversation with no, him. No, thank God. So <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. Well, and in a certain sense, like Wooten is doing what Wooten does best, which is coming up to somebody that's not doing so hot and distracting them with his just vibrant zaniness. Yeah, um, but at this in this instance, like Connie is pushing back against it, and he's just bulldozing over. Well, I mean, literally, he does launch her into a neighbor's bush. A rhododendron. Yes, exactly. Which, I don't know if that has thorns or not. Uh, Chalk Squad, let us know. Yes, tell us about plants, Chalk Squad. We can't Google it. Um, We're dumb. Yeah, we... I don't know how to spell rhododendron. I tried, and Google said that I was very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, looking at my notes right now, that spelling is horrifying. I didn't even bother to type it out. I just was like, I'll remember it because for whatever reason, I feel like Odyssey talks about rhododendron bushes more than just this once, But or I've just listened to this episode enough that it's glued to my mind. It's definitely the second one for sure, but I don't know. There might be other previous appearances of that plant. I mean, I think it's a part of the wiki that's that should be explored as plant appearances. Plant? Oh my word! Why is there not a plant appearances? Come on, yeah. guys! I mean, it's such an easy page to make. All you have to do is go through every single episode of Adventures in Odyssey that's ever been made and write down every species of plant that is mentioned in what episode, and maybe easy keep peasy. an ongoing count. Uh, count for you know per species. I feel See, like, it's easy. That's like a summer project. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe like a month project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. You're slacking you, off. Yeah, I mean, it's basically done for you, essentially. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Wooten gets super excited, and he gets a lot of. We get like a lot of Wooten jokes here. It's just like a machine gun. Um, oh yeah. 
Witten says you know you can lead her up with nonchalance or whatever other French pastry you want to bring. Uh huh. Um, and he's you know yeah. going... so he's gonna like set up this like mm-hmm. surprise picnic mm-hmm. at like an overlook on the hike so that mm-hmm. they'll like stumble upon it and be mm-hmm. like oh look a picnic mm-hmm. and then Wooten can leap out from the trees with his Twizzlers and just be like hey you know <laughs> yeah picnic time. I feel like he's a red vines guy. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he does always talk about licorice. Is it black or is it red? I think it's I think it's definitely red. I feel like it's cherry licorice, but that's ooh, strawberry though. Well, yeah, strawberry. Strawberry Twizzlers. The cherry pool and peel pool and peel Twizzlers big thumbs down. The really? only good Twizzler is the strawberry Twizzler. Okay. All right, that's fair. And I, I will die on that hill. I mean, come I res- fight me. Fight. I respect that. Red opinion. vines suck. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. The only good licorice. I'll go that far. The only good licorice is a strawberry Twizzler. Non pull and peel, just standard strawberry Twizzler. The views of Dylan Weaver are not that of the Wadfam Chopper. <laughs> No, I, I, I agree. Uh, I do like the cherry pull-apart ones just because I like to play with my food. Uh, same reason I like string cheese, except for this one has sugar in it. So that's fun. Um, string cheese probably has sugar, right? I mean, it's got glucose or lactose, so yeah. carbohydrates are sugars. So Okay, chemically. By, a, yeah. loose, by a loose sense, they do. Um, I do love me some string cheese. Mm-hmm. The horror of watching someone eat a string cheese without pulling it apart it has upsetting. scarred me. It's very upsetting. It's like watching somebody take a bite out of a Kit Kat instead of breaking them into pieces. Oh, I had not thought of that horror, but that is bad. Yeah, it's very upsetting. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope I never see that. Yeah, I wish you could see the face Dylan is making right now. He's staring off in existential dread. Um which is probably what Connie is doing right before she is launched into the neighbor's, uh, neighbor's rhododendron, rhododendron bush. Yeah. Swing hard. It's rhododendron time is what he (laughs) says as he launches. Swing hard. It's rhododendron time. (laughs) Swinging on wounds from porch. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we then, have fun. <laughs> we we do. Then uh yeah, then we jump back to uh Wits End mm-hmm. for an inexplicable scene. Yeah. Polehouse tells Buck to, you know, bring Skint to the police station the next morning mm-hmm. and then has Hardwick take him home. And that's mm-hmm. all good. And then Polehouse walks out and Katrina's like, Are you really just gonna let him go? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Katrina, the last scene you were in Pullhouse told you he was, that he was going to have follow. someone follow him. Why are you asking? They hate Joy. I it's don't know. It's so bad. It's really bad. It just, it's a long episode. They could have just cut it. There's a couple scenes that could have just been cut. But why this thing has to happen twice mm-hmm. is really weird. Well, and it's because it sets up the... So, <laughs> yeah, Katrina it's be- doubts... It's because they want the good bit. Yeah. Which is a good bit, but like... Mm. So, right, so, yeah, she's like, you know... He's a shrewd boy. Right, and he's like, oh, he's not gonna, you know, outsmart, you know, a whole squad of police officers cut to... He outsmarted (laughs) a whole squad of police officers. Yeah. 
Of course, like naturally, which is great and fun that they did that. Because honestly, I don't know that they do that a whole lot with no. the whole like they say something isn't going to happen and then it happens. No, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a good trope. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm into it. Um, but yeah, so they lost Buck, and then Wit shows up for whatever reason. Um, yeah, yeah. There's and they presume that Buck is staying with Skint. Yeah. Uh, or is going to be reunited with Skint. Um, and then Eugene comes in and uh, and Katrina as well. Right. And yeah, Eugene and Katrina have this little exchange where she's very much like try, like talking about wanting to prove that Buck isn't actually a willing accomplice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's a good exchange between Katri- Eugene and Katrina, but I don't feel like anything really happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the thing that's established is that Eugene is going to stay and work on the phone, and Katrina wants to go find Buck. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's established. That just doesn't seem like anything. No, it really isn't. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're continuing doing the same thing they were doing before. And then then we jump to Buck at Dock C Mm -hmm. meeting Skint. Mm -hmm. And we get... Is this my biggest frustration of the episode? I don't know. I feel like I got a lot of frustrations here. But mm-hmm. Buck and Skint have this whole exchange where he, where, like, Buck cracked the secret code that, like, mm-hmm. Skint was saying over the phone that made him, like, put together all these things and be able to meet he here. and like bait, trick a lake. Right. You know, I figured Doxy. it would just be Doxy for the heck of it. Like... There's a nice thing of like, oh, look, like they're cute. Like they have a repertoire. Like it shows Buck's competence. Mm-hmm. It's good in that regard. Mm-hmm. However, the phone call in which Skint set this up with a bunch of code words was not being monitored. Otherwise, there's other stuff he wouldn't have said. Yeah. 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 Like, they were very clearly treating that phone call as, we are the only people who can hear this, Mm -hmm. because they're talking about, like, they're talking... About stuff going south and, like, previous things that had happened. They're talking about very personal, private things that they, you know, they weren't cloaking. They they weren't weren't speaking as though, like, Wit was standing there saying, like, you have one phone call home and I'm gonna monitor it. They were talking openly. So, why, why the subterfuge? And like I think, so I think I think it's twofold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's bad writing, but I understand the motivation, mm-hmm. which is you want two things. You want to in the previous episode really make it seem like Skint is hanging Buck out to dry. Mm-hmm. Then in this episode, you want to plant that seed of doubt in your mind, where it's like, oh, maybe Skint wasn't hanging Buck out to dry. So, like, you want both of those realities to coexist in your mind, where you truly don't know what Skint's motivations are. Would he look out for himself over Buck? Does he actually care about Buck? Like, you, mm-hmm. you, They want you to have that complexity. And they also want this, like, cute moment where they both, like, where Buck knows the codes and gets to, like, yeah. show off how, like clever he is well and also but the problem is that it just creates an inconsistency yeah yeah exactly it 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 directly references itself in a way that is not really complementary to the continuity of the events as far as like cause and effect are concerned um 
so yeah anyway they have their nice catch-up moment and then archie Hagler shows up and he's super nervous about everything that's going yeah, on and skin invited archie to the dock but didn't expect him to come because there was a party and then they archie's like well the party ended and skin's like oh well okay like like yeah. this bad criminals i don't know yeah. maybe pole house was right later in the episode about people slipping up right uh, and then he basically calls skin incompetent mm-hmm. and tells him to ditch his truck which mm-hmm. i we find out was archie's truck all along i love that um and change his look yeah yeah shave his hair you know right look, he hands him some clippers up. and is like here's some clippers change your look yeah yeah um and they're moving out of the carnival or they're moving out of the compound and staying at a trailer in the carnival instead oh yeah um, good call which is also a thing that happens so then right folks it was a thing that happens (laughs) in the show adventures and odyssey which we are here to talk about um yes um yeah we then what we jump to eugene and wit the next morning right so this is finally where our day change happens. Mm-hmm. Eugene has pulled some information from it. Mm-hmm. The from only the thing, phone. right? The only thing he's pulled is numbers that remind him of the ones they found in the backpack. Convenient. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, just like yeah, I was able to recover some data from this smashed phone, but like it's not particularly used. I don't know. It's very like TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we go on to later in this episode, like, the numbers are the same Mm -hmm. as the ones in the backpack. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if they had just remembered that there were numbers in the backpack, this would have been, this wouldn't have been necessary. A lot of these scenes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if they had just, like, remember, because I had forgotten about them, but if Mm -hmm. that was just, like, a thing that they were always investigating... But instead, it's like a weird thing where it's like Eugene hacks into a phone to remind himself of some of a thread that they dropped earlier. Not because it adds like new information to that thread. No, no, just, no. Just to be like, oh, yeah, that thread still exists. We remember numbers. Cool. Great. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so it's established that uh, Wit is closing Wit's End for the day because he wants to focus on everything at hand. You know, it, it's it does a good job of building tension. Um, this is kind of like the gathering of the Avengers, as it were, before the ending of this album, um, in that they establish Wit's End as kind of HQ for their operation, yep. and Matthew and Emily show up. This is an interaction I really like. It mm-hmm. shows what can go well with, like, it shows, like, Wit interacting with kids in a positive way. Mm-hmm that is still like part of a big mystery mm-hmm. and like but so there's yeah there's this great like he's like oh matthew and emily are gonna do like i'll get them to do some investigation for me um and then they're like going back and forth and and wits like oh like we should do some like we ought to do research on like the archives at the library to try mm-hmm. and find like the newspaper archives at the library try and find some counterfeitish info and emily pipes up and goes like oh i can do that and it's yeah. like obviously wit brought them here to do that mm-hmm. but he's saying it in such a way that like they get to think it's their own idea which excites them yeah which is course. just fun 
Yeah, and it's great because, yeah, they are contributing in an effective way, but is also not endangering themselves in, in any really unethical way. Um, yeah. And, you know, Matthew offers to stay back with Eugene, and Eugene very humbly is like, oh, I'll survive. Which is nice, because, like, Eugene is obviously much smarter than Matthew when it comes to technology and stuff like that. Yep. But, like, he makes him feel like, you know, there is some value of Matthew being Yeah, and I like the, like, wit giving Matthew and Emily a case to work on mm-hmm. is, like, a, is also, like, a push the two of them together again when they've been kind of estranged. Yeah. Um, he also provides them with earphones. Yes. Wonderful earpieces that are walkie-talkies that work for 30 miles. <laughs> is that? Very much in the walkie-talkie. That territory that for sure i mean think about like police officers yeah that's fair yeah and some of that might like police officers might be rebroadcasting and stuff to to some extent but like when my like dad would like hunt up north and like Mm -hmm. they would be in you know all spread out over the mountains and valleys and communicate on walkie-talkies in an era before cell phones oh the thing that is funny here is just like they're talking about these as so high tech mm-hmm. and i'm like it's 2011 and you're like spouting off about like your cool walkie talkies mm-hmm. like this is the kind of thing that would have been cool in like in the, the 80s Kong. and 90s mm-hmm. and we are way past that yeah like i think about like you know a movie that we've referenced before on this show that i really love called sneakers mm-hmm. has a like has a like you know earpiece walkie-talkie that's like fully invisible you know Mm -hmm. when they're like talking this is a movie that came out in like 92 Mm -hmm. and it was like oh look cool like we've got like we've got like spy tech now take that 20 years in the future or like it feels like it feels very like cold war Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like but these these are not like it is 2011 we're dealing with like smartphones and you're like hyping up like an earpiece walkie-talkie wonderful i mean and and if it was like super discreet and that was the value of it, then I okay maybe. But uh, it's it's not even really played as that. It's just we want these kids to be able to, to talk to each other, but we can't give yeah. them phones. Yeah. Um, and then there is a great interaction between Emily and Wit. Great in <sighs> a lot of ways. I. I have some issue with the way that Wit responds at the end. Not necessarily as like it's a completely bad thing, um, but I I do have some frustrations. This is like my biggest frustration for the episode. Okay, cool. Um, so I I just think well yeah we'll we'll talk about the scene and then we'll get into mm-hmm. it. So it is Emily is worried about Buck's involvement in all of this. Mm-hmm. She says she has a line of like, I trusted him and he used my trust for his lies. Maury? Anybody? This is the thing. Is he the the, the inner that that I think is the reason I underlined this section so heavily mm-hmm. is like it is a very like Maury situation. Yeah. But like we're but like in this scene, I think wit like handles it way better than anything he ever did with Maury. Oh, yeah, 100%. Where he's just like, he's like, look, like, you know. Yeah, she says, you know, I trusted him. He used my trust for his lies and was like, and for that, we should pray for him and for us that we would be given the strength to forgive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which um, is very, very uh, real and important. And, like, I think that it's important that we push people towards forgiveness because it's really, like, <laughs> the only thing that changes people, uh, in my opinion, or one of the only things that changes people for the better. Um, but I would have liked to see Wit hold a little bit more space for Emily being so like broken up about you know mm. using being used by buck because she's very young and like this is probably her first interaction and my literally my biggest frustration was just she says i trusted him and he used my trust for his lies and wit jumps in and completes that sentence and says and for that we should pray for him which is cool right. and great and he, wit's not making a bad point there but that kind of dis- dismissal of the personal effect of mm. the things that are happening, I think, is sometimes problematic. No, I I totally get that. And I think I think also the But like I can't hold like, it to a standard of perfection. Like No. <laughs> but like but no, no, and I do but I fully get what you're saying of just like he he steps on her grief a little bit here. Yeah. And then the like but, like, that's really the, the only part of the scene where he steps on her grief. I don't, I don't know. There, There is something, too, about the... Like, I really appreciate the sentiment of prayer and forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. And I, and I get the thrust behind it, and I like it from that respect. But I do... But it's maybe not the best counseling in this instance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, like, Emily's coming to him with, you know some like some tough stuff that she's struggling with mm-hmm. and wit jumping right to like and let's forgive him mm-hmm. is like tough where i'm like i don't think that that's playing to emily's needs in the moment mm-hmm. i think it's a good message mm-hmm. and i think it's the i think it's ultimately what the goal needs to be yeah but i think there's a way to communicate it in a way that's like a little more loving and human mm-hmm. well yeah and just hold yeah holding i'll say it again like just holding space for both the potential future actions and also like where she's at now and and how the uh how buck's actions have you know affected her emotionally um but you know again i think that it's a good interaction and and seeing wit behave much better than with maury like <laughs> you know so much so better. much better <laughs> Uh, what what happened with what happened in 10 years to you <laughs> what did the something just peak yeah i think we just had an audio glitch oh anyways so the the next scene is a brand new skin waking up buck yep and this is one of the most we make an audio drama and we need to communicate something visually mm-hmm. scenes yeah in odyssey like it's yeah. so clearly you look so different we're like blah, 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 bucks blah, blah, like blah. startled by him being mm-hmm. woken up mm-hmm. and then like and skin's like oh you know it's it's me buck like i just you know and he's like you shaved your hair and or you you trimmed your hair and shaved your beard and you're wearing a suit and he's like yeah yeah i gotta like change my look with the times and it's like buck you were there when archie told him to do this yeah and then he goes on to be like and plus, you've, you've seen, seen me like this before. Exactly. <laughs> Just to like, because people listening are going like, 
Wait, why is Buck surprised by this? He's seen he like there's Archie's I'm or I'm sure Skint has had different looks over the years. Mm-hmm. And then and then he yeah, addresses that. But it's just such like a lampshade. Yeah, and you still leave Buck just being like, wow, whatever. Um and then Buck talks with Skint about kind of being up all last night, wrestling with stuff. <laughs> Uh, you know, skin is initially like, oh, being up all night's a good thing. And, uh, and then, you Keeps know, on your toes. Yeah. And, um, Buck's like, oh, well, you know, I think we need to leave. Like, I don't feel comfortable hurting people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and skin's like, oh, that's a bad thing. We yeah. can't leave. Like yeah. every, everyone looks do. out for themselves. The smart ones profit from it. Yeah. And then Buck's like, yeah, but the people here aren't like that. Like they care. Mm-hmm. And it is the... It is the Odyssey trope that is just, like, inextricably linked with this show. Mm-hmm. But is this idea of, like, people see Christ through the town of Odyssey. Yep. The like, entire oh, people group. this is just, like, a quaint small town where people mm-hmm. trust each other. Therefore, God. <laughs> of course. Must be God. And that like, ice cream is too good otherwise. And, like, I know they give it more depth than that, but it mm-hmm. does oftentimes just feel, like, boiled down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, this person is, like, having a change of heart just because of, like, the goodness of the town that's because like everyone in sight is 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 you know a christian yeah and he's had nice interactions with some people <laughs> like yeah. what about pole house has been super trusting get out of here right yeah you know, like but so you, nice yeah you've had a rough time with pole house you've had a weird time with jay and mm-hmm. matthew and yeah whatever but but yeah i i understand but he the still function them, okay I, I understand the function of this but it is just like this classic like if everywhere could just be like more like Odyssey, you know, the world mm-hmm. would be perfect. Yeah, exactly. If we all just I've had never been story. somewhere nice before, you know, I've mm-hmm. been in all these cities and at carnivals and stuff. And so, you know, if I just like took a stop moment and like slowed down with some good Christian families, like that's all I need to like mm-hmm. see the light and turn away from my criminal past. Yeah, lemonade with way too much ice and some peppermint. Maybe. And so, yeah, then, but then they get to the crux of it, which is just like, he's like, what would have you done if I'd been arrested? Mm -hmm. Would have you risked yourself to save me? Mm -hmm. Because Skin's like, oh, I would have gotten you out of it. Like, we would have come up with something. He's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But like, would you have put your own neck out Mm -hmm. knowing that like you would have gotten and like it would have wrecked you Mm -hmm. to save me? And Skin's just kind of like. Ah, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, don't be ridiculous. The most, you know, everything we've been working for happens today, essentially, is what he says. Yep. Um, Which is cool and builds tension and very exciting. Um, And then we get the worst scene Mm -hmm. ever. I don't know. It's it's just, it's not not that it's It's clunky. It doesn't make sense. It's clunky. It's clunky and unnecessary in an episode that we've said is, like, plenty long and they didn't need this. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, Polehouse giving his officers a pep talk. Yeah. For reasons, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's doing some, like, pop culture homage thing that I'm missing. I don't think it is, though. Or is it just riffing on pep talks in general? I think it's just riffing riffing off it's just not a good riff 
I don't know. I found I found this whole scene frustrating, especially because it basically sets up then like we don't hear anything, and then like he walks away, and Wit walks up to him mm-hmm. and says like, "Oh, I found something in your office while you were out there giving that weird speech," mm-hmm. and. Then we musical interlude. Yep. To, to his pull, office. To his office. Like they are walking to his office together and we just like jump ahead five seconds. It's like can. the it's like the skip fifteen second button and like the podcast app. Yeah, exactly. It, you guys just, would never use that on us though, right? No, never. Certainly not when I'm on a rant. No. no. Well, we don't have any ads, so I, I like to think that we give less, you know, less of a reason to skip. Right. Uh, right. Everyone definitely listens through the entirety of the outro right every yeah. week oh yeah no uh, one's ever cut that short right 100 percent lo- uh watch time or listen time i don't know what the statistics called <laughs> but but yeah so the and then this is right the whole scene where it's just like you know the numbers they match and yeah and yeah, that's we like, should wow, look into that the numbers they match cool 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 and then martin comes in and gives some wait wait so you're telling me you're telling me that the only piece of paper in a bag full of money actually might be important what whoa yo i don't know man these guys are on to something our detectives clearly clearly overlooked that and then wait <laughs> wit asks him if he's checked the traffic cam for the trucks and he's like actually i did martin's been working on that and then martin walks in amazing right on and then he goes and applause is like martin just the guy i wanted to yell at yes um and martin gives this kind of like anxious uh you know portrayal of, of what happened on the cameras uh so it shows the the red truck going uh through town um and it's making a stop at burger world and then at trickle lake concrete across yep. or yeah trickle lake concrete across like, oh the why would it stop at trickle lake concrete yeah Ah, oh, questions. So many. This couldn't be a clue or a hint or clearly no. a dead giveaway. Um, and then Martin also drops the line that uh, that the old compound, so the Ross compound, is owned by the Consolidated Arts Foundation. Which have we heard? We we have not heard Consolidated Arts okay. before. Don't believe. I, I think this is the first reference to Consolidated Arts. Feel free to call us out if we're wrong. Yeah. But they reference Consolidated Arts and then are like, that's the same company that owns the carnival. Mm-hmm. And Paul House is just kind of like, okay. So he pays himself rent every month? Right. <laughs> like, great. Awesome. Yeah. We also find out the auctions in an hour, mm-hmm. which does yeah. set up a timeline that will matter. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, we've got an hour of episodes left folks what i mean roughly yeah um it is weird that there's two episodes left i feel like there's been there's so much that needs to happen there's only two episodes when like we've i feel like talked about the same thing like like i feel like some of this stuff has been really stretched out Mm -hmm. and then like it feels like the end's gonna be really compressed but we'll see what happens I mean, it certainly does, especially with the way that this episode ends. Um, but before we get to that, the next scene is Emily and Matthew testing out the earphones. Oh, yeah. Wit, Wit's going to have them look up Consolidated Arts as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because he, oh, because he, because it's another comedic hard cut mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, I've got some like crack investigators to like who I can have look up, check in with uh, Consolidated Arts. And then we cut to Matthew and Emily like scrolling through news reels because, mm-hmm. once again, 
I realize that, like, libraries are an underutilized resource, and, like, this is for sure a good way to find information. Mm -hmm. But it's also funny that they are essentially employing the same strategy they did in the case of the secret room. Yep. Like, 30, 30 years, years prior. <laughs> yeah. And even in, in Showtime, it's at, like, probably 20 years or 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, judging by Monty's age, it's, like, 20. Yeah. <laughs> or more. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, the, so... Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's, it's, it's just a tiny little scene of them, mm -hmm. like, having fun, playing around with the earphones, and looking through 30 years of counterfeiting articles. Yeah. Or 40 years? Something like that. A lot of counterfeiting articles. Yeah, and, you know, Emily... Or Matthew, like, compliments Emily, and Emily kind of catches it, and was like, oh, you a comp... You know, you're actually being nice to me, and... Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's... I, as much as I have frustrations with the some of the plot structures in this episode, I really do like a lot of the character interactions that we get um, between Eugene and Katrina, between Connie and Wooten, between Eugene and Wit, between Emily and Wit, um, you know, and even through Katrina and Polehouse, I feel like in that scene where, you know, Polehouse tries to shut her up and she kind of tells him off. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. And then the the final scene is dun, dun, dun. Archie uh, and the stiletto meeting at presumably like his trailer at the carnival, um, something like that. Yeah, uh, come to come to an understanding. Yep. Then uh, uh, Bert and Frederick walk in and they're mm -hmm. like, "Yeah." He's like, "You take care of that thing I asked you to take care of," and they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "All right, folks, tape him up," and they're gonna tape up the stiletto. Um, mm -hmm. to take him to Mr. Grote. Yep. And when Jason starts to resist, he's like, he's like, give me a, don't, Archie's yeah. like, don't move. And he's like, give me a good reason not to. And he's like, this pistol has six good reasons. And then he goes, those are good reasons. <laughs> yeah. It's the classic Charlie Brown, like, it's... I got five good reasons to punch you in the face. Those uh -huh. are good reasons. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's going to be it's carted off to Mr. Grote. Mm -hmm. But... Are uh, we don't know we are uncredited. We don't know what uh, who who's playing Bert and Friedrich, mm -hmm. but uh, one of the two of them lets something slip about engraving plates. Yes, they he says the uh, the engraving plates are safe and sound at TLC, which is weird because the TLC is a building at LBC's campus. <laughs> which is weird because huh? I feel like we set up a building that we were like, why did they go to that? About five minutes ago in the episode that was called oh, Trickle Concrete. Oh. I wonder if that is... Oh, look, it's TLC. It might just be. Huh. Crazy, I right? wonder if it's the same thing. Yeah. Also, tender love and care. Yep. Uh, can't can't riff off that. Off the top of my head. Sorry about that. Just whiffed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's and that's how the episode ends, though. It is. It is. Yeah, it's, you know, the stiletto, a.k.a. Jason, being carted off uh, by Archie to Mr. Grote, a international terrorist? Yeah, presumably. Yeah, yeah, um, I think he's the he's the international he, financial terrorist or whatever. Love, love that. I mean, don't, but also. Gotta bring down capitalism, man. <sighs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst uh, idea Grote yeah, has had. Yeah, yeah. I figured it was going to happen at some point. I was just hoping it would look a little different. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Any uh, closing remarks? 
just the the Chris outro, she talks about, you know, people being okay with hurting others if it helps themselves. And listening to that in 2021 definitely uh, struck a little bit of a chord with me. But that being said, you know, no need to pick fights. Well, maybe some need to pick fights, but I, I don't know. I think that the sentiment is true. And also, like, I'm glad that they're, like, making bucks standing up for nonviolence and doing that, which I think is good mm-hmm. um, and fun. And I mean, not fun, but, you know, it's good for the show. Um, but that's yeah, that's it. I don't really have anything else to say. A good episode. Not perfect by any means. Could be trimmed here and there and maybe a little bit everywhere. But, uh, yeah, still liked it. Yeah. It sets a lot up. We'll say that as far as I have no clue what these next two episodes are going to entail. Except for, presumably, Jason's going to confront Grote and is Wit going to save the day? Is Matthew going to save the day? Is Pole House going to save Is Wooten going to save the day? Is it going to be all of the above, folks? Is Wooten going to slingshot himself into the situation with his trampoline oh, I swing. Hope, I hope the trampoline swings just makes a comeback. Power boy, you know, full suit. Just throw everyone into rhododendron bushes and the world will be better. Exactly. How they do it in Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Anything you'd like to uh, plug this week, Andrew? I am... I watched the new Bo Burnham comedy special. That was very good. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I heard uh, good things. Yeah, it's very interesting it's it's definitely crass so you know be prepared for that if you are sensitive to explicit language uh but it has some pretty biting social commentary and is also very funny and unique because it is recorded entirely alone in one room um which is cool uh yeah so that's something that i've been enjoying recently do you have anything to plug i do not Alrighty. so we will be back next week with episode 689, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part 11, the penultimate of this album. Yep, not of the arc. And man, you stole the penultimate line. I know. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalkpot is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Green Ring Conspiracy Part 10 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Asaylor and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalkpod. <laughs>